there's Aaron Boone to lead off. His first at bat of the game. There's a fly ball deep to left. It's on its way. There it goes. And the Yankees are going to the World Series. Aaron Boone has hit a home run. The Yankees go to the World Series for the 39th time in their remarkable history. Into right well hit. Back at the wall. It's off the wall. One run scores. Here comes Berkman. Freeze has tied it. 7-7. Unbelievable. Hit well out to right center field. Jones still on the move, running out of room, and he makes it! Welcome back for episode eight of Bush League Banter. I'll be your host today, Khalil Searcy, along with uh, Alex Shaw, here from a little remote location in Jacksonville, Florida. Also tagging along again today is Rollin Kimball coming with us from uh, from Atlanta. Boys, how are we doing today? Doing well. Uh, the Yankees moved on. What more can you ask for? <laughs> well, uh, hopefully the Braves uh, take game one tonight, and uh, everything's going great here in Atlanta, so I uh, can't complain about anything right now. That's good. You know, it kind of pisses me off that I'm doing a podcast with two guys who both of their playoff teams are in the, or both their teams are in the playoffs, and I got to that should piss you just, off. Uh, yeah, it feels good. Gotta, it's it's a, it's a shitty feeling to be honest with you. But hey, we're gonna bring some energy today. Uh, we're gonna go over really the NL wild card game, a phenomenal game, 13 innings between the Cubs and Rockies and Wrigley. We'll go over the AL wild card game from last night with the A's and the Yanks, um, and then we'll just kind of touch on uh, a few of the game ones going into the weekend. Um, in the AL and the NLDS. So, gentlemen, let's start with the NL wildcard game. All right. So, obviously, we knew going in that, you know, the Rockies are playing like four games in five days in different time zones in different cities and all that good stuff. And, you know, <laughs> unfortunately, it had to go into a 13 inning, extra inning game in Chicago um, really to get their postseason started off. Phenomenal game. Um, both starters, Lester and Freeland. Both went six innings, six and two-thirds. Um, Lester gave up one run. Freeland gave up nothing. Um, so, let's look back at that. Shao, give me your take on that. I know it was a long game. I know it's tough to stay up for. Um, but from what you saw, let's get your take on that game there. Um, so, for me, it wasn't as much of the Rockies winning as the Cubs collapsing. If you host two games and they lose them both back-to-back, so back-to-back nights in Wrigley, ton of energy. You could feel that Wrigley was waiting to explode for a moment. They just had yep. time and time and time again to do something and just had dead bats. Couldn't do anything about it. And we had talked about it previously how, you know, you never know who that guy is going to be in the postseason that's really going to push your team to that victory. And Tony Walters, of all people, is the one that ends up with the – top of the 13th RBI single uh, to give the Rockies the lead, and then they're able to hold them off. And the bottom of the 13th being the Cubs. The one thing I am kind of on the edge about was, first off, I think we can talk about the hug play or, or whether or not all that good stuff in a minute, but Gore is leading off the top of the 13th, that pitch has got to be taken. It's 3-2. Your career batting average is like 
probably 11, like .011. He's got one hit since probably T-ball, but he's the fastest human alive. It's the craziest that I've ever heard. More stolen bases than plate appearances. Yeah, that was that was yeah. pretty pretty crazy stat to see there. So um, uh, at that point, you just try to steal first, aka walk. He tried to steal first on a hit by pitch. He didn't sell it well enough. That's on him as well. And then uh, you know they review it, they send him back to the plate, and then he chases a pitch that you couldn't hit with a boat oar. So really, just I think he's automatically on second if he walks in that situation. We got a whole different ball game with a runner on second, world's fastest human, and nobody out. Yeah, I I, 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 I mean, I, I completely agree with you there. Um, Sha, I mean, you can definitely look at it in the 13th inning. Um, I think the more concerning thing for the Cubs is, is they scored one run in 13 innings. Um, yeah, they scored know, they scored one two runs in like 25 innings or whatever. Yeah, Not, it, and I mean, just yeah, dead it, bats. If you look at it, they were the leading team in the National League for runs scored at the All Star break. Yeah. The second half so in the whole season. They ended up dropping all the way to the fifth team. So, I mean, the, the second half of the season, they just couldn't score runs. And it just kind of manifested into last night also. I, I don't know why. I mean, if you look at a team that has Zobris, Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, you know, Contreras, Daniel Murphy, I mean, why can't these guys score runs? I mean, these guys are professional hitters. You know, it's, it's, it's tough to see. You know, I saw a stat, you know, while watching that game that they were, you know, they were took part in like 40, 41 run games or something like that. It was like tied most or – the second most of them will be behind, like, the Orioles or something like that. I mean, with a lineup like that, I mean, I get it. You know, you're going to be in one-run games. Um, I just don't think it should be 40, 41 times a year where you're only scoring one run or less. Like, I don't yeah. think with that lineup, you know, and you mentioned it, you know, you have Murphy, you have Zobris, you have Chris Bryant, you have Anthony Rizzo, you've got Javi, you've got Contra- – I mean, it, it can go on and on. I just don't – I don't understand, you know, how you can go – um, not only not only you're playing with your backs against the wall two days in a row in Wrigley, you know I understand playing you know um, in games like that, but you're you're in front of your crowd and against the Brewers. Um, what was that on Monday? You get three hits. I mean, you can, that, that's not going to win you a game. Not against a Brewers team like that. And then you come in um, on Tuesday and you get six hits against the Rockies. I mean, in 13 innings, it's not it's just it's not enough to to move on or to do really anything. It doesn't matter. And I've been saying it, you know, really the second half of the year. I mean, the Cubs have not been the Cubs of the last two years. So they can just get on the field and just beat the shit out of everybody. It's just not the team that they've been. So, um, you know, you know, being a Cardinals fan, I mean, yes, I'm happy, but being a baseball fan, it's like, you know, that's just not, you know, not what I'm looking forward to seeing out of the Chicago Cubs, Uh, you know, really, Toward the, you know, at this time of the year, in my opinion. So, but again, you know, and that's why I'm thinking, you know, more of the Cubs blew it is the Rockies had 11 hits. They should have more than two runs, too. Yeah, well, the, yeah. I mean, I do understand that they had 11 hits, and it, it kind of came later in the game, and Lester did his job. Lester went six, he gave up four hits, he struck out nine and gave up one run. That should be enough for the Cubs to at least, at least put up two. I mean, I'm talking the guys out of the bullpen for the Cubs. I mean, they did their job. You know, you gotta think about it. They did their job. I mean, let's see, who do they have? They've had uh, Jesse Chavez. They had uh, Raymond Rosario. They had Steve Ciszek. They had Pedro Strope. I mean, Cole Hamels, Justin Wilson. I mean, they all did their job. I mean, what else are you supposed to do out of the pin? You know, for your team. I mean, all you're asking is your pin is just to not. I mean, they didn't give up any runs. 
it's not like they gave up a couple here and there. I mean, they didn't give up any runs, obviously, until Hendricks um, gave up the uh, really the game-winning single to Tony Walters. But, I mean, what else are you asking for out of these guys? Well, I think the other thing to be addressed there, too, is that the Cubs threw three starters. And, you know, Hendricks, I, I, he's a very good pitcher. He's got a heavy sinker. I don't know if that's the guy I'm going to go to in that situation. Whatever Joe Madden had scheming up, I'm not going to question him. But you cannot give up three consecutive two-out singles in a playoff game. I mean, yeah, you can't, I mean, you can't do it, but you can't. I mean, you can't coach against that. Joe Madden, it, he doesn't know that. Hey, uh, I'm going to put Hendricks in there, who, by the way, has been one of the most dominant pitchers. I know he didn't throw, you know, any harder than nine. No, he's been I, one of the I most agree. dominant pitchers in the second half of the year. So you're thinking this guy's going to go in here, and he's. I mean, he did his job. He went one and a third. I mean, I get it, he gave up three two-out singles. But at the same time, if you're Joe Madden, why why not go get him? That's why what I'm saying. After, after the second hit, you have to go get him. You got, you yeah. got to go get him. Yeah. So, and I, I mean, I don't know what their bullpen looked like at that point in the game. I mean, I feel like they had gone through they used a, a lot. lot of guys. I mean, they had gone through the guys that they had wanted to go through. Um, I mean, if you kind of looked at how Colorado played it, um, you know, I think Freeland went six and two thirds versus Lesser six, but their guys, you know, the guys that they wanted with the ball, they were going an inning and a third, you know, two innings, um, you know, and it kind of, you know, lengthened and pushed, you know, pushed the game back where. It seemed like a couple of the guys, like I know Steve Cishek came in and threw like four pitches and four got pitches and he was out and, and he's out. out. Yeah. And you know, and that's one of your guys that you want with you know you want on the mound, and um, it really kind of put the Cubs in a bad situation. Coming, you, you don't, I mean, you're not coaching a game thing and hey, this is going to go 14, 15 innings. Right. But I mean, at the same time, I think it kind of put the Cubs in a in a bad situation where you, you, you got to. It's either am I going to go to my sixth or seventh guy in the bullpen here, who I I'm not sure I want to trust and. Tie game, or am I going to go to the guy that's been starting for me all year and has been dominant all year? And I think Joe Madden, you know, w- you know, went with Hendricks for that reason. I do. And so, like we said, you know, you you don't plan for going to the ballpark and being there for 13 innings. Um, but I'm going to go to the offensive side a little bit because um, I I told Shao this and I told a lot of people this when I was watching the game. You know, I saw them take I saw the Cubs take out Anthony Rizzo and put in Terrence Gore, and I'm thinking I'm like, oh my god, like. Man, what is happening? But I get, you know, you got to score a run in that situation, you know. Obviously, he gets on. It's a double. I mean, he's it, basically a double. He did, though. You know, he, he did his job. Here's what I'm saying. He did his job. Um, Rizzo got the walk. He stole on the first pitch. Fastest human alive. Fastest guy I've ever seen on the damn bases. Um, Javi comes up with a big double. They do their job. Um, but then it comes back, you know, later in the game. And you know, I get it. But it comes back later in the game, you know, that at bat where Terrence Gore struck out. Was at the top, bottom of thirteenth, or top, was, uh, bottom of twelfth, whatever it was. The, he led off the bottom of thirteenth. And you know, it kind of—I mean, I know it sucks, you know, and I know you're not preparing for that, but you know, you can all—you can look at it from both, you know, both directions, saying, "Well, damn it, I mean, Rizzo could have been at the play here, or this, or that." Um, what's your take on that? I—I I don't think that that was. I—I I think you have to go with Gore in that case. They had to have the run because they had to tie the game. They were down one. He got on. He did his job. It was the bottom of the eighth. At that point, remember, we're still not thinking that you're going 13 innings. So you're, you know, I'm getting, I have my last six outs to get here. You're not even sure if Rizzo's spot's going to come back up in the lineup with Mm -hmm. how poorly they had been hitting. So at that point, you know, you just, you run Gore out there and think, you know, right now we're playing for the tie or hopefully somebody gets a, you know, a second hit after that and you can trust Baez to score. But I don't think you can leave Rizzo's speed on the bases in that situation because, 
Javi's ball in the gap, he maybe goes first to third on it, and then if you don't have anything else, maybe he gets left on third. Yeah, yeah. no, very, very true. I mean, I do see that. I just wanted to kind of hear, you know, your guys' take on it, just because I, you know, I, I was watching it and I thought it was dumb, and then I saw him running. I was like, okay, I get it. Um, you know, but at the time, I mean, the Cubs they're not they're not hitting. You're taking out one of your best hitters, you know, in your lineup. Uh, you know, from from your lineup with a team already that you guys aren't hitting anything anyway. I mean, he's been your run producer. He was a run producer in the in the play-in game. Um, he's been really your best hitter other than maybe Javi all year, um, and he has been for the last few years for Chicago. So, I mean, me looking at it, I'm thinking, you know, hey, uh, I, I know, you know, like we said, we don't plan ahead for that kind of stuff, but it, it still kind of blows my mind a little bit. And then, Rollin, I'm going to ask you, um, you know, Colorado kind of did the same thing, taking out, uh, taking out Charlie Blackman. I think he came out maybe in the 11th or 12th inning. I mean, He's been one of their producers um, all year, you know. So you take him out. I know it was a double switch, I believe, to bring in uh, well, who is that? Wade Davis, I believe, came in. But you're taking out Charlie Blackman, who is your guy. I mean, he's a 30 home run guy at the top of your lineup. Um, he's a 20 steal guy at the top of your lineup. I mean, he is. He wreaks havoc, you know, when he's in a ball game. So, what are you? What's your take there? I, I, I mean, th- that's a tough one. I mean, w- with Charlie Blackman, I like taking out Rizzo, for, you know, and, and pinch running him for Gore. Because um, as we said, I mean, the runs, you know, the Cubs haven't been scoring. And right. you go from needing two base hits to needing one base hit with him. Um, Blackman, I kind of didn't understand just because he is not only such a, a catalyst at the top of their lineup, yep. but he's great defensively too. And uh, I mean, late in a ball game, um, Obviously, it ended up working out for Colorado, um, or not hurting Colorado. But um, I, I, I kind of question, you know, sacrificing defense for, you know, bringing in Charlie Blackman. I understand it's a double switch, but that one, I, I don't know. Well, really We're not kind of, talking about it as much because they didn't, they didn't lose. Well, yeah, because it, it didn't hurt them. But you know, what really kind of threw me off is that uh, David Dahl ended up going to center field. He had dropped that pop fly in yeah. right field. That was ugly. <laughs> that can't <laughs> happen in the playoffs. <laughs> Literally a few innings before. A few innings before. Um, so, anyway, so that's all I got for the National League. Obviously, you know, Colorado and Milwaukee are playing now. Milwaukee's up 2 nothing. Um, we're just going to touch on it since, yeah. since we're bringing it up right now. Yeah. I don't think Christian Yelich is a human. He is some type of video game created in a lab character because I've already seen him. I know he – what did he do? He popped out in his first at bat. But since no, then he's, he's got gra- a – he grounded out. Grounded out. Sure. And then a, a two-run jack and a single up the middle. Yeah, uh, you can't. That's I don't know how anybody gets that guy out at this point. Yeah, he's he's been having kind of an unheard of year, um, in my opinion. I mean, second half of the year at least. I mean, his second half, I, I saw some of his numbers. They're like similar to Bonds's MVP. Not saying that he is the hitter that Bonds is. It's just that his numbers are similar to what Bonds did in the second half of his MVP years. Right. And anytime you're getting compared to Bonds when it comes to hitting, it's something to be noticed. Right, I'll take it. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty much him in the NL and uh, JD Martinez in the in the AL. I mean, I, I know there's some debate going on on who's going to be the MVP. I, I think it's pretty clear uh, that it's Christian Yelich and uh, JD Martinez, I, at I least think, for me. I think that he's definitely overtaken Javi for the NL MVP. Um, but I'm still going to stick with Mookie Betts. I just feel like he's done more all the way around. Uh, for the Red Sox than J.D. Martinez, who's just driving in runs and hitting home runs. Right, and that's, yeah. that's always been my argument. I think with an MVP, I think it's about an all-around game. Um, and Mookie, I mean, he's shit. I mean, 
Gold Glover in the outfield. I mean, hit Hitting 340, three forty. I mean, that's unbelievable um, for what he's doing. So um, it'll it'll be interesting to come down to it. You know, I really wish you know Javi would have pulled it out as far as being from you know being from Jacksonville. But I think with Yelich and the Brewers and you know how they're streaking and them being in the playoffs right now, um, I think it's really just going to help his. Uh, I think it's going to help his argument a little more um, coming down to it. Um, so let's move over to the American League, shall we? Had the wild card game last night. I had the pleasure of sitting down at a couple bars and watching it with you. Um, so, give me your take. You're a Yankee fan, actually. No, we'll start with Rollin. We'll start with Rollin. Well, we'll save. We'll save you for last, job. Save my bias. <laughs> yeah. Final <laughs> score. Final score seven two. Um, I think I was very surprised at the way Severino threw. Um, I was very surprised at the way Batanzas threw coming out of the pen. Um, but, you know, I did pick the A's, and it pisses me off that they, they tried to go with the, the whole staffing thing. They tried to go – basically tried to pin a game, um, you know, and I don't really like the way that they did that. I think they blew their chance there. I just feel like, in my opinion, you know, if you give a starter the ball to do his job, a starter is going to do his job. Um, not a relief guy or not a guy who hasn't – you know, I know he started games before, but it's just he didn't start for them all year. I don't think. I mean, it just wasn't his. It wasn't his role. So Rob, he didn't have a win on the year. No, he didn't have a win. Yeah. Why? Let's why go. are you throwing? I, I I will never understand that. How you yeah. can give the guy who doesn't have a win a ball and a winner take all. Year. You basically you basically handed the Yankees the game by doing what are you, that. What are you saying? Uh, he's due. It's not a good <laughs> chance to. Not a good chance to do. No, that. it's not. It's not the right time to say anyone's due. It's not a good time to take a chance on somebody. In a winner, uh, you know, a winner go home game, and anyway, so Rollin, let's yeah. start with you. I, so, I, I, I mean, th- there's essentially two philosophies here. The, the A's wanted to go with the starter, or sorry, the opener instead of a starter, yeah. um, to kind of shorten the game and allow their uh, starter to come in and throw a couple innings to the second part of the lineup and see yep. the first part of the lineup, you know, later. Um, the Yankees kind of took the same philosophy of seeing the guys the same amount of timing. Severino threw incredible through four innings. And, yeah. you know, essentially the Yankees shortened the game with their bullpen. I feel like Oakland could have done the same thing if they just started their starter, had him throw three or four innings. I mean, I don't think Trevino, I don't think he gave up a run. No, and, he I mean, no, he, 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 he pitched great. So if you just move that up and then you start going to the A's bullpen, which is dominant, um, you know, later on, I think it, it, it probably it could have worked out better. We, we don't know how it, it would have gone. But, I mean, training, the, the guy had like a 078 ERA or something ridiculous this year. And yep. he came in, and he's not used to coming in in the sixth inning with guys on base. And no. I think that kind of showed, and that's why they kind of got to him there a little bit. Um, I understand you got to go for it there because you don't want to get down five, six runs, which ended up happening. But, right. um, I mean, if you could have – position the bullpen a little bit better and uh, had your starter actually start the game um, could have been a different story I understand that the A's thought that you know they were outmatched uh, pitching wise and probably offensively in the game so they had to uh, figure out how to uh, win the game as they show a money ball um, just didn't work out for them yeah so um, I mean obviously having that that big two run home run from Aaron Judge in the first inning I think Right after that happened, I think I was like, well, shit, there goes my pick. Um, it just kind of it, – it sucks, you know, that that's how the A's went out. Like, I, you know, losing in that game, look, it's a tough game. It's a, it's a crazy idea about the game. 
But if you're going to lose the game, I think you should lose the game with your best starter on the mound and giving yourself the best opportunity you can to win the game. I don't think you go into you, you throw a guy who, you know, this year was through in 25 games. He was 0-1. You had a 4.13 ERA. I mean, you don't you don't throw that guy, you know, in your winner go home game. I don't care how hot he's been. I mean, you've got starters that guess what? They're probably their their numbers are just as good and it's not like you had to play a play-in game. It's not like you had guys coming off a short rest. Um I don't I don't really understand what oh uh what's the name Bob Melvin was thinking over there in Oakland, but um Shao, I guess it's your turn. So, we'll let you talk about your beloved Yankees. Yeah, yeah. Um and go for it. So, for me, I think that the Yankees played and did everything exactly how they had to. We can go on and on about, you know, I don't think this team made the right choice or that team made the right choice. I was hesitant about Severino with how he's thrown in the second half, but Boone, you know, he wanted to say, that's my guy. I'm giving him the ball. I think it would have been a confidence thing even moving forward. So say they give half the ball in the wild card, maybe Severino's not the same in the DS if they do win. So it was more of like a confidence thing for him. Uh, his last couple outings, he has progressively looked better in getting back to his, I guess you can say, like pre-All-Star break form. Um, and he really rode the crowd, I think. Uh, the Bronx Zoo was out in full force last night. You could hear the crowd. The energy was there. So Severino rode that. And, I mean, that you know him getting amped up and throwing 96 to 98 consistently and, and getting a punch out with the bases juiced at 100. I mean, he looked great to me all night. Um, not his best stat line, obviously, but but did enough to win for sure. And then on the offensive side of the ball, everybody did exactly what they did and what they needed to do. Uh, McCutcheon at the top of the lineup getting the walk and the run, and Judge turning on 96, not down running in, in but running, running in. in. 96 turned on it, and uh, I don't think there's really any looking back from that. So 2-0 early. Uh, game kind of went into a, I don't want to say like a, a it stalled lull. Out. It just stalled um, out really for three innings. Yeah, no innings. no runs through the uh, top of the sixth. Severino again, though, pitching out of a couple of jams there. He, he had some walks, and, and there were guys on base, but did a really good job of pitching out of them there. And then, you know, we started to get into trouble, and I think Boone went to the bullpen right at the right time. Again, I'm going to – I, I would have questioned Batanzas coming in, but it worked out. He hasn't been the best with runners on base, and he came in with first and second nobody out and got two weak pot flies, then it advanced the runners, and then got the strikeout to end the inning, and then threw a pretty flawless next inning too. So I, everybody top to bottom in the lineup did their job. Stanton's ball went 500,000 feet. Voight, I thought, was finally going to get his uh, that we were talking about. But, you know, the triple off the wall, uh, short porch did help us out there. But Yeah, he pimped good. that a little bit, too. A li- yeah, it was a little <laughs> excessive. Definitely thought well, it was Well, that ball was out, literally but. three inches from getting out of the yard. You yeah. Know, so, yeah. Um, he still, if, had he been, like, thrown out at second or something, I would have been upset. But he still tripled, drove him the yeah. runs. Well, I didn't, I, I, we were watching the game and looking up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, where's he standing? I'm like, oh, my God, he's on third. Yeah. So, for, for me – I think it's tough. Like, you don't – I mean, first off, everybody's going to be energetic, and, you know, it's the postseason, so those nerves are riding high. But for Voight, there was a runner on, and he was driving him in, period. Like, yeah. that run was scoring. So I think that was more of, like, where his 
celebration came from. And had it got out, it would have just been that much sweeter. Right. Um, but again, he he didn't hustle out of the box, obviously. But he was he was he wasn't going to get an inside the parker anyway. So him standing on third's fine, no harm, no foul. Uh, really, the the meat of the order between Judge Hicks, Stanton, and Voight, everybody did their job there. Uh, what's that? Two, three, four, five hits between them, and then four RBIs. No, six RBIs. So six out of seven runs driven in. That's the part of the lineup that's going to have to produce, and it's the part of the lineup that did. You know, I think the more the more surprising part for me in that game, I think, was uh, Dylan Batanzas. I mean, I know Severino mm-hmm. threw well, um, you know, with seven strikeouts, and but the four walks is a little it's a little much for me. But Batanzas coming in, especially after really not having the year, or not being the Batanzas of two years ago that everybody kind of always expects out of him, I think that was that was a high point. I think seeing that right there. Um, I think that's going to be real good for you guys if you know if he if he does that you know consistently throughout this postseason. If not, he ran right up there on my trust tree, and, um, and he's yeah. been working he's, his way back in, but that that really did it. He's got to do it. If he does that, you know you you guys will be fine. I mean, you'll be fine. But if he doesn't, um, I know you've got other guys too. But you got to think, man, having that arm with that stuff. I mean, he can. I mean, it's right-handed or left-handed batter. I mean, he can literally go in and, I mean, neutralize a game for sure. You know, and and the rest of the Yankees bullpen. I, I just think there's enough depth in the bullpen that obviously there's going to be situations in games where you trust certain guys and and some guys produce better than others. But for the majority of the Yankees bullpen, there's enough depth that you'll have a guy that can get the job done. Britain hasn't looked great. Um, and his, you know, what he had, he had like 56 saves with the Orioles a couple of years ago or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Um, so he hasn't looked like that after his injury, but he's looking better to me. So, I mean, I, I do trust him. Chapman's finally back sitting around 100, um, which you have to have, and had a good slider working for him. Batanzas, I mean, that to me is our, our best three bullpen guys, but I also trust Robertson, who looked good last night. Uh, Holder. You know, there's just so much depth in the bullpen that they will be able to get it done as long as the starters can get them through about five innings for the rest of the postseason. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, I, just looking at the, the Yankees' bullpen, um, come, even really coming into the postseason, but especially after last night, I, I think it's probably the best – it's definitely the best bullpen in the AL, um, it, possibly in the postseason um, out of all the teams in there. Uh, and as the Indians showed a couple years ago, you can – Kind of run through a. Your, your you bullpen can, you, is going to yeah. win or lose you games. Yeah, you can get to a World Series real quick with a with a good bullpen. That all started back in was it 2015 with Kansas City. You know, having yeah. uh, having those four guys at the back of their pen. I mean, I mean, shit, you couldn't do anything. I mean, you got Wade Davis closing down games. Herrera uh, throwing a thousand guy. miles Herrera an hour. Throwing, yeah, Herrera throwing mm-hmm. way too hard. Um, and I mean, there was just everybody. Um, I think uh, Joaquin Soria was in that pen as well. I mean. The pin you're gonna ride or you're gonna die with that pin. And right now, you know, if you guys' pin stays where it's supposed to be, I think you'll be fine. So, um, interesting series coming up with you guys and the Red Sox starting tomorrow um, in Boston. So that'll be interesting. You know, so we're gonna move o- we're gonna move over to uh, the DS. So we'll start with the Braves and Dodgers. We've already kind of previewed the. We've kind of talked about the Brewers and Rockies already with that game uh, being on right now, and Josh Hader is on the mound as we see. Um, so. Wild pitch, first pitch there, but 
Uh, let's go to the Braves and Dodgers. Rollin, you being a Braves fan, you guys have got Fulton starting tonight going against, uh, I don't even know how you say that guy's name, Ryu. I'm going to go with uh, yeah. Ryu. Yeah. Ryu. Yeah. Hunjin Ryu. Yeah, um, so that, that's what we got going into the first one here. So give me your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, a definitely a surprising move by L.A. to start Ryu um, over Kershaw. I mean, Kershaw's been kind of their guy the last decade. Yep. Um, and – uh, it's one of those things that we could uh, really be talking about, and everybody could be really be talking about um, come tomorrow. Uh, if you lose the first game of a series and you didn't throw your ace, that and he's sitting on the bench, um, I mean that can kind of swing the momentum of the series. Um, obviously, if he wins, nobody's talking about it. Um, but it, it's going to be an interesting series. Um, it looks like they're going to throw three or four lefties, as I mentioned in the in the, the last uh, podcast, but. Yeah. Um, the, the Braves line up well against lefties. Yep. Uh, I think tonight could be one of those sneak games. Uh, I, I would assume probably 80% of America is picking the uh, Dodgers to move on in this series. But um, if the Braves steal game one in L.A., um, those uh, those odds get a lot better uh, for Atlanta, especially having to come back to Atlanta and the Dodgers having to steal a game in Atlanta. So, so I think it does go back. You know, we can go on and on about the importance of game one and obviously you know stealing game one away is a huge momentum shift for any series but the only thing that I can do to even like rationalize Ryu being the guy in my mind I haven't watched a lot of Dodger baseball lately to know if Kershaw's been awful or something and that's why they're doing it um, I know Ryu has historically thrown better at home so I don't know if it's maybe just get him out there and let him be in his element. But the only thing I can do to really rationalize it is instead of Kershaw going like game one and four, they would rather have Kershaw in a game five. So they think if he can throw in a game two, have enough rest to come back. And then if it does go five games, he's your guy and your decider. Yeah, yeah but yeah, but if you get through game one, you can still throw game five. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Well, right, but that's the thing. Would they? I don't think they would hold him off for a game five. I think they would throw him again in a game four. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I mean, you could. There could be. You know, Dave Roberts and that staff. It could be thinking that far ahead. I just think, honestly, you know, going with Ryu. I mean, who hasn't? I mean, he was hurt a lot of the year, but I mean, for the fifteen games that he, you know you know, uh, appeared in going seven and three with a one just under two ERA. I mean, he's not a bad pitcher um, no, and he does throw better in LA, but you know, and I know, I know we all did pick LA to move on to the next round, but um, you mess around and you, you know, you've got Fulton Avich, who was your guy this year going against, you know, Ryu. I mean, you go in there, you steal this game right here. Um, and who's going game two for you guys, Ron? Is it Tehran or no? They don't know yet. They haven't announced. I would assume it's going to be Gosman, who okay. we picked up oh, from yeah, the yeah, Orioles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that Bad would be decision. my. <laughs> Gosman's garbage. He's been no, a lot. Got Sanchez, Anibal Sanchez. Did, did they have Anibal? Have they announced it yet? I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at it on MLB right now. It's it could be. MLB it could. Series. I mean, they haven't announced Sanchez. It's it's either going to be Sanchez or, or Gosman um, okay. for Game Two. Um, I would tend to lean a little bit more towards Gosman. If we win tonight, I wouldn't be surprised to see Sanchez, though. Yeah, I think, um, think Gosman's stuff is a little nastier. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think he hasn't really had the – I don't think he's panned out to be the pitcher that everybody expected him to be. He just has locational issues. Yeah. So, and if you don't have command, you know, you can only do so much. And the playoffs is not a time to lose your com- what command you don't have. You know, yeah. Right? But I think, I think it's interesting. So the Braves are carrying – seven starters on their uh, active roster, which is kind of odd for yeah. a lot of teams. Um, 
I think you'll see, um, maybe not with Fultonavich, but I think with your two, three, four guys um, in games two, three, and four, it, it, you're going to see uh, guys like Tuki Toussaint and Max mm-hmm. Reed and Sean Newcomb. You're going to see those guys up in like the second inning if yeah. it gets if if guys well, get if on. it gets out of hand. I mean, that's why you, that's probably why they carry you know seven there. I mean, you think yeah. anybody? I mean, Anibal Sanchez. I know you know I know he's you know he's got that career of he's just that guy. He's always been around. Um, but if he gets in trouble, I mean, you have another starter getting warm in, you know, in the bullpen that can at least go three, four innings, you know, maybe five innings, you know, at least try to get you to the back end of the pen, at least try and keep the game close without it getting out of hand. So um, it, it's going to be an interesting series. And I was I was kind of mentioning earlier, you know, you've got your guy in Fultonavich going against their guy in Rio. I mean, Fultonavich can go out there and throw a gym. You guys go ahead and steal this game here. And then who knows, man? I mean, you know, Kershaw hasn't – I mean, he was okay last year, but – me personally, he hasn't been good. I mean, that great, you know, in the postseason. So, yeah. um, you know, I know we all did pick the Dodgers to move forward, but like, like I always say, I mean, I know, you know, postseason experience plays a huge part in this, but, you know, the Braves lineup is just young enough and they've got just enough, you know, veterans in there that have been in the postseason. They've got just enough guys to say, well, yo, look, young guys, just go out there and just play baseball. Like, really just go do your thing. Like, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's a big stage, but you've been doing it all year. I mean, nobody's expected you to be on the stage now, so why does it matter now? I mean, yeah. you're already here. Let's just go play, right? I mean, if Acuna walks out and hits a leadoff home run in the first two games of the series, it it's going to be dangerous. I, I mean, think that, will the, him the and young guys will ride that. that well, you know, with, with those two at the top of the lineup, with Acuna and Camargo, I mean, you got Freddie Freeman who's been – I mean, he's I – mean, He'll never been, not hit. Yeah, I mean, he's going to do his job. I mean, Markakis has been a guy this year. Um, I know, Sha, I don't know if you really like, you know, NCRT. I love Ender NCRT. I mean, that guy. He's I mean, very he's, consistent. He's, he's a gamer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just does his job night in uh, and night out. You know, you Ozzie mix that Albies. in. Yeah, Ozzy Albies as well. I mean, you mix it, you mix that in, and you know, the Dodgers can mess around and be in for a long series. You never know. Um, the only, the only thing that I, I guess, really, you know, causes concern for me with Atlanta is just I don't know how deep their pitching is. You know, in yeah. comparison to you know the Dodgers. I, 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 I completely out. agree. I, one one area I think the Braves may have a little bit of an edge on the Dodgers is defensively. I think yeah. the Dodgers, uh, it, it, they struggle defensively, and they've had times this season where um, you know, the, the defense has kind of cost them a game or two. Yep. And um, that's one thing you can worry about, especially out in L.A. It's a huge outfield out there. Um, and, you know, if you put a guy like Matt Kemp out there in left field, yeah. um, that's uh, – a lot of area for the ball to get down. Well, not only that, and then you get Yasiel Puig out there in right field just launching balls anywhere he wants to because yeah. his arm is just strong as hell. So, um, you know, it, it's going to be – I think it's going to be a fun series. I still do stick with my pick in saying that L.A. is going to move on, but I think it's going to come down to being just, just one of those series that um, you're going to have to just score. I mean, I know, you know, you score to win, but I think you're going to have to score, like, a lot of runs um, early and – jump out be quick with it and and get rolling yeah. um so let's move on we got our last uh last game one here in the al talking cleveland and houston cleveland's tossing out Corey kluber and houston's tossing out uh justin verlander so that's going to be a hell of a pitching duel um, 19 innings one nothing win <laughs> it's, but 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 look i mean that's all i mean that is enjoyable like to see a pitching duel like that that is enjoyable. That's not, you know, where the hitters aren't hitting like the Cubs. You know, like, that's a former Cy Young, former Cy Young, like, two guys going head-to-head for a Cy Young this year. I mean, that's just a hell of a game uh, to watch, um, especially with both of those lineups. I know we mentioned it, uh, you know, mentioned it the other day. Um, 
there's just a lot of firepower in both of those lineups, and I think it's going to be a good uh, a good game one there to start off with. I think both of those guys will have to be perfect, and they will be very close to it. But all it's going to take is one of them on one mistake pitch. Somebody's going to give up a home run, yep. and at that point, it's going to be a one nothing ball game. Yeah, I mean, you got to get out front. That's the big thing, and you know, you know, we mentioned it with um, you. you you win or you lose with your bullpen, I think. Right here, you win or you lose with your starter. And then the bull, you know, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm expecting both of them to go at, at a minimum seven innings. Yeah, I completely. I think the team that scores first in that game is going to win yeah. the game. I think the team that scores first in any of the games of that series is going to win the game. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I know it's an afternoon game at two o'clock, which kind of you know kind of blows, that sucks. But yeah, um, that should be you know one of those night games. You know, fucking Friday night. Eight o'clock start. Let's get. But it's it's on. hard to it's hard to bump Yankees I know, Red Sox off. I know. Off well, it's hard to do that, thing. especially you know you've got Dodgers. You know Dodgers Atlanta at nine thirty tomorrow night. I mean, so it, it is what it is. I'm not worried about it. But it's going to be a good game. Um, it's going to be fun to watch. You know, we'll 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 touch more on that when we come back on uh, come back on the cast on Monday. Um, so it's it's going to be a fun series. We'll talk about game twos and all that good stuff on Monday. Uh, we briefly mentioned New York and Boston. Uh, that game one there. Um, I know New York's got Jay Happ going there for them, and then Boston's got Chris Sale. They are in Fenway Park. Um, it is a rivalry game. No lineups have been released yet. Um, I think it's going to be a fun series. Like I said, I think if the Yankees' pin can be consistent and do what they did last night, um, and certain guys, not the whole pin, just certain guys, I think if Batanzas can do what he did, I think um, Robertson, you know, if he stays as consistent as he usually is, um, I think if Britain tightens it up a little bit, I think you guys will be okay because – you know, the Red Sox pin, I mean, yeah, they've got some, some guys that can throw fire down there, but I just don't think that they can keep up with, with a pin that New York's got. Yeah. yeah I, oh, go ahead, Ron. I was just going to say, I, I completely agree. I, I think for for Boston to win this game, they're going to need to score early. They um, need to hit, yeah. And if they, if they score early, I think they'll be okay. I, I don't think their bullpen um, is obviously as good as New York, but they got guys down there that can, that can shut the door. Um, and obviously that lineup is uh, it's potent, man. It's just as potent um, as, as New York's. Um, I think if you can score early in that in those games, it's going to be a, a good omen for that team. So even though both lineups are as um, loaded as they are, uh, definitely you know two out of I would say probably the top five offensive teams in baseball. I mean at at worst, I really don't know how many runs are going to be scored. I think there will be. Probably two out of the five games in the series where the the score is like a seven five or somewhere in that area, but I really do feel like just the pressure of the situation will get to both teams, and we will have one or two low scoring games, you know, with three runs or less scored by either team. I trust Jay Happ at this point to go in and give up two runs or less, you know, in his outing, and then get it over to the bullpen. I think if the Yankees can score more than two or three runs are going to have a good chance to steal game one in Boston. If they steal game one in Boston, though, I I really do feel like that's going to be the swing game to win the whole series. Um, they've got Tanaka going in game two, which he's going to give up his long ball that he's there, so that's going to have to be one of those high-scoring games. Uh, I don't know if the Red Sox have released who's starting game two for them. But I haven't seen anything yet. Not I, a, I think it's going to be Price. I mean, I mean, I'm sure it will yeah. be. I think they announced. I think they yeah, said it's, it's going to be. Price. It's yeah. So I mean, Price against Tanaka. Um, I like Tanaka to if he can get through like 
full, I would say, like, four innings. Like, that's all I need out of him. Because any more than that, second time through the line, he's going to start giving up his home runs. He, it's, he literally gives up a home run every single start. And, you know, in the playoffs, that's going to be enough to win. Um, especially when you're in Boston, that crowd's going to go berserk with just the rivalry and everything the way it is. Um, the Yankees and the Red Sox haven't played a playoff series since '04, I think. Which how did that uh, how did that one turn out? Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, this <laughs> is this year, so like I said, you know, it's it's really going to be that thing of Tanaka getting it passed. I trust the Yankees to score on Price though, with how bad he's been in the postseason. Um, so we'll just have to look forward to it though. But if the Yankees are 2-0 coming out of Boston, uh, pray for the Red Sox. Yeah, I do agree. I think it's going to – I know you mentioned it's not going to – there's some games that may not be high scoring. I just think I, – I really do think you're playing in two parks that are wiffle ball fields. You know, I yeah. think – you look at you look at that ball Luke Foyt hit last night. Um, it literally went 314. Uh, that's not out anywhere else. <laughs> that's not out anywhere else. Um, you look at the monster out there, you know, balls fly out of both of these parks. Um, that ball hit – Stanton hit last night, although that ball was crushed. That ball's um, out in every ball. That ball's out in every park. But, like, I think at the end of the day, I think with Mookie, with um, Benintendi, with J.D. Martinez, um, you've got Stanton on the other side. You've got Judge on the other side. You've got Aaron Hicks on the other side. You've got everyone else in that lineup. I just think I really do believe that it's going to be a pretty high-scoring series. I think once the starters get out, um, I think maybe then we'll start to see the uh, run production go down. But I think it's going to be a high-scoring series. Um, at least from my point, I still do believe that the Red Sox are going to move on, um, but hey, we'll just have God, to wait I can't and wait see. To play that back for you, dude. <laughs> oh my God! So you you want to play back? You saying that the Cubs are going to the World Series? No, I mean Jesus. no. We're gonna we're gonna skip over that because uh, my World Series pick to win it is still in. Barely. And, uh, that's what I'm gonna stick with. So yeah. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so uh, a couple other things that we did uh, that did come through yesterday. Uh, Paul Molitor and Buck Showalter both out as managers of the Twins and the Orioles. Um, I know Molitor is going to stay with the Twins in a different role. Um, I'm not really sure what he's going to do, but hey, it's good. Change is always good. Uh, I know as you know, as far as Buck, I mean, you know, at, at the beginning of his uh, his reign as the coach, I know the Orioles had some success and realized he was there for nine years. Um, but really, coming down the stretch, especially this year, um, you know, they. Uh, they really kind of really blew it, you know, the Orioles. You know, yeah, so, uh, I mean, they, they kind of blew it in like April and May. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's tough it, It's tough to keep your job when you win 47 games. Well, when you finish 61 games behind first place Boston, don't get me wrong, 108 wins is a lot, but 47 wins, I mean. So uh, it, it's a testament to both teams. You know, the Orioles were historically bad. The Red Sox were historically good. It, we, we talked about that. In podcast past where it's the largest split um, in any division um, of all time but I don't think anybody's t- I, th- I really do just think that the Orioles talent level was that bad um, you know they're paying a ton of money to Chris Davis who finishes with like a 168 batting average which is yeah. just like un- it's literally like the worst season of all time um, among qualifying hitters it's it's really just their talent level you know they get rid of Machado and Scope and, you know, that's that's it. At that point, you know, that was them kind of throwing it away. I don't think anybody's going to question that Buck Showalter is a good manager. He's had postseason success um, as a manager. 
I just think it was kind of time for him. The Orioles weren't very good, so they yeah, decided to part ways. I think he'll he'll get a job. He'll either get some other kind of job somewhere so else. I or saw he'll that go back he was, into the uh, go back into the uh, into commentating. I saw a report work. today that he was not. I don't know if it was like he wasn't interested or if he just wasn't looking, but well, it was old. pretty much like he's done. Like he's over. He doesn't want a job in baseball connection now. I'm sure that'll end at some point in the off season. Um, you know, once you're kind of in that life, it's really hard to get out of. And with how good of a manager he is, he can find a home somewhere. But I saw that a, a report saying that he was not really interested in looking for another job in a baseball capacity. Right, right. Well, um, at the end of the day, I mean, it is, whatever he wants to do, um, he'll do. So uh, we'll kind of wrap it up. Um, we'll kind of close out the show. Just want to remind you guys that we do have a Twitter page over at Bush League Banter. Remember that banter is spelled B-N-T-R. Um, go follow us. Um, share with your friends and everything like that. Also, go subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Uh, just search Bush League Banter, um, and you'll see our, um, our page pop up there. So go share that. Go like it. Go rate it. Go comment, go do whatever you got to do. We just want to get it out there as much as we can. Um, put it on Facebook, put it wherever you see it. Just share it, get it out there, listen. Um, we appreciate the support from everybody. Um, and, you know, we'll be back on Monday as well. But, um, again, Rollin, I want to thank you for joining us um, for our little short uh, podcast here on this beautiful Thursday evening. Thanks for um, having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure we'll have you on throughout the postseason. I told you that last week. So, um, and Chow, um you know, it's always good talking to you throughout the Go week. Go Yanks. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, uh, guys, we'll, uh, we'll be back on Monday, um, and we'll go over the games from the weekend. We'll preview the games going into the next week. So that's all I got for you this week. Um, and like I said, we'll, we'll see you again on Monday. See you guys. See ya. I got a hotel suite you can slide on through. Hard days, soft sheets you can climb on too. We was jumping out of plane, jumping off a boat. Same night, same shit, cause we be jumping off the most. And if you want me to stay, then tell me to stay, you know. If you're running away, I'll show you the way, you know. I took one in the face, no nothing to say, you know. We be jumping off the most. Got me on the champagne. I've been off the shits, yeah, you've been on the same thing. Got me on my flex now. Got me walking around, acting loud with my chest out Like I ain't letting no one disrespect me, uh. I've been living right where you left me, uh. Now I'm in the way on a jet ski, yeah Ay, ay, I'ma hit the fall season for another season Got a pool in my room and the view's scenic I can make a couple calls if you wanna see it Get you off, girl, on the real, ay. I got a hotel suite, you can slide on through. Hard days, soft sheets, you can climb on too. We was jumping out of plane, to jumping off a boat. Same night, same shit, cause we be jumping off the most. And if you want me to stay, then tell me to stay, you know. If I'm running away, I'll show you the way, you know. I took one in the face, no nothing to say, you know. We be jumping off the most. You're right, you're right. I haven't grown up in a while. You're right. You're right, I haven't grown up in a while But she think getting high and fucking's romantic We could bust a move and we ain't gotta go dancing Drinking something old as fuck, I'm on the grown man shit Got me, got me on the grown man shit Got me on the champagne I've been on the shits, yeah, you been on the same thing Got me on my flex now And you been on the same ride 
got a hotel suite, you can slide on through. Hard day, soft sheets, you can climb on too. We was jumping out of plane, jumping off a boat. Same night, same shit, cause we be jumping off the most. And if you want me to stay, then tell me to stay, you know. If you're running away, I'll show you the way, you know. I took one in the face, no nothing to say, you know. Jumping off the most And I edge like vino She prefer pino Got a bottle on me right now It's about to go down Different nights, same time And I edge like vino She prefer pino Got a bottle on me right now It's about to go down Different nights, same time Same walk now Ain't no way now, ain't no how I'm about to slow down I ain't saying anymore now, you should know now You should know now, you should know now, no, now, no, no, yeah 